0: Hi, I'm Pastor Daniel and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.co.za or send us a WhatsApp on 76 32 Say hi and we will connect with you. Our full services can be found on our YouTube channel, but enjoy listening to the sermon. It was indeed a holy night on that night when our dear Savior was born when the world laid in sin and our souls hadn't found its rest yet but a thrill of hope and the weary world rejoiced because a new and glorious morning waits us you see, this, this Advent season, we based our theme on this very song, A Holy Night, yeah, right. and what a God moment yeah. as she sang. What a God moment, and we've been going through this journey, and we've been talking the past three weeks about the humans of Bethlehem, the people that made up this Christmas story, And each week we've been unpacking and we've been looking and we've been looking at their lives and acknowledging and seeing how each one of them, they had struggles. They had things that they were facing. They had things they were normal, like you and I, experiencing life. But there was a hope that they carried. And it was that thrill of hope that I want to speak about on our Christmas services This journey that we've been on the past weeks, it all comes to to this very pinnacle point in our Advent calendar. The day the greatest miracle ever happened on that holy night when Jesus sent, God sent His Son for you and I. So let's take a moment and just pray. Father, today I acknowledge it was indeed a holy night. When you came for us, when the world was in darkness, you sent your son to bring us light and to have life. And so on this Christmas service, we acknowledge you here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Like I said, we based our, our Advent season on that, the thrill of hope. And I actually want to tell you a little bit of context of this song, O Holy Night, because my message today is from that song, O Holy Night. Because when you look at those words and you start to unpack what exactly was happening, but the context of O Holy Night, it was actually, it was interesting, it was written in the 1800s where a parish priest, he went to a French merchant and poet and said, I want you to, to, to put words to Luke 2. And so he did that and his name was Placide Capot and he was a poet who wrote the very words of Our Holy Night and what's interesting is that he wasn't a believer in actual fact they said he was a rebel he didn't do the church thing or anything like that but he was a good poet and so he took scripture he took Luke chapter 2 and he started writing it And history tells us that he was so impacted by this poem that he wrote that he went to one of his friends who was a musician and said, I want you now to take these words and I want you to put music to it. So it's interesting that the guy who did the music also wasn't a Christian. So that's how the song was birthed and it went into the Catholic Church and it went into all different churches and it was sung and, and it grew and it became so popular. And a few years in, people started to realize who wrote the song? And they were like, we can't do this. We can't be singing this song in church. And yet it wasn't even believers that wrote or put the music to it. And so they tried to stop it. But it was too late because the song was so popular that it was being sung through our churches across the world. What I find so interesting about this story is that the authors of this song they knew about the Christmas story. They knew about the birth of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. They knew about it, but they didn't know Jesus. And yet how this was used to impact all the way to this day on Christmas service. And you think of the song and the words that, that were sung that we so beautifully experienced in service. And I try and imagine what it would have been like on that holy night. I try and imagine, and the nativity scene, it draws so much emotions for me. I don't know about anyone else, but the nativity scene and the manger, it brings a lot of memories to me, and I think for me, this nativity scene is very special, because in fact, it was the nativity scene that is supposed to sit in my parents' house, but today it's on this stage. But it was the one thing that I look forward to the most is setting up at Christmas, I love being able to take, and you have Jesus and Mary, and you're able to put it, and you have the lowing cows. I don't even know what that means, but they're lowing, and Joe can tell us what that means. But I love being able to set up this nativity scene. And it's interesting, my daughter, when she comes to Nana and Papa's house, the first thing that she does, she likes to go look where her house is. And we caught this photo of her the, the past few weeks of, of where she would go, and she loves. She takes the chair, she pulls it up, she lines up all in a row. There's a Father Christmas in there, there's a random house as well. But she loves to be able to, because there's something about the nativity scene, and last week, even seeing our own kids on stage, it draws so much emotions. But honestly, if, if we think of the manger scene and the nativity I think it does a little bit of a disservice to us to actually imagine what it would have been like on that very night. For us to imagine what actually happened because you have a teenager girl who's, who's pregnant by the Holy Spirit and that in itself is scandal. You have a, her fiance who is likely to be a teenager as well who they've gone on this journey and last week Justin unpacked it with us and it was speaking about the journey that they went on Nine months pregnant, traveling 100 kilometers on a donkey. Give that woman a medal. And so it was indeed a holy night. But it wasn't perfect. There was chaos. There was mess that was happening on that night. And so the words of the song, O Holy Night, there's two words that I believe captures how so many of us feel this Christmas the weary world. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And I believe those two words, weary world, describes how many of us are feeling this Christmas. I believe, I think, a lot of our world, our country is feeling. I know for some of us, we missed isolation by the skin of our teeth. Some of us are celebrating Christmas Day here and It's a weary world. A lot of chaos going on out there. But I love the part of the song where it goes, the weary world rejoices. Why? Because a new morning awaits you and I. There's a thrill of hope. That awaits you and I. And I imagine just, just maybe the people in the story that waited, that heard of the prophecy, they had waited for this announcement, and all of a sudden on this day, everything changed. Everything changed. And I believe it was that faith and hope that they rejoiced because they knew about the new and glorious morning that awaits them. And so this Christmas. I pray, if there's weariness in your world, weariness that you're feeling, that this Christmas season, you would experience that thrill of hope, what they experienced in that nativity, in that time when Jesus was born. Because I don't want us just to think about Christmas about the holy night. I want us also to think about what happened the next day when the sun came up And that new and glorious morning awaited what it was like for centuries they waited and finally the Messiah came. Because can I tell you, and this is what I want you to hear this Christmas, a new and glorious morning brings a complete difference in our lives because one day a new morning with Jesus can change everything. And I want you to hear it this Christmas. You see, that's the miracle of Christmas, That's a miracle when Jesus came and we read when he said that the government will rest on his shoulders, on that tiny little shoulders. But you know, God sent his son, the message translation in John 1 verse 14, it says he put on flesh, but he moved in to our neighborhood. Mooney, he came to live in our lives. He wasn't just seated at the top there and he was this God that just looked down and threw a little bit of lightning bolts to us. He said, you know, he came down to live amongst us. Why? So that the weary world could rejoice because of this new and glorious morning that awaits us. And so this Christmas, I want us to look back at, at that, the new and glorious morning. I want us to look back at a portion of Scripture in the Old Testament. And for some of you thinking, on Christmas Day, we're looking at an Old Testament passage. Stay with me. But the book of Lamentations, a little history of what was happening in this time in the book of Lamentations. The people of, of, um, Ju- of Jerusalem, the, f- the city had fallen. They were taken captive. There was distraught. There was weariness that surrounded their lives. And so Jeremiah, the prophet who's written in this book of Lamentations, he's writing and he's, and he's expressing the pain that he's feeling. He's expressing the weariness. He's expressing the frustration, the tiredness. Going no more COVID. He's expressing all the things. He's writing it down. He's lamenting. That's where we get the name of the book, Lamentations, to lament. He was, he was whining. Yeah. Some of you want to change your children's names to Lament. <laughs> Lamentations, come here, my child. <laughs> oh. But in chapter three, we see something shift. We see the shift happens, and, and Jeremiah the prophet, he writes something about this new and glorious morning. And in chapter 3, verse 20 to 26 is in my portion of scripture that I'm reading today. And it says in verse 20, it says, and then I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. You know what he's saying? He's not, he's not going like, oh, I'm just turning a blind eye. My, my head is in the ground. I'm just singing kumbaya. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Everything is just good in my life. Amen, brother and sister. He's not saying that. He's saying that there's real things that he's experiencing. There's real pain. There's real things that are happening in his life. But then in verse 21, he says, yet I call to mind. Yet I call to mind. To mind, meaning I know it's there somewhere, but at the moment it's not in the front of my mind. I've been, I've been lamenting, I've been whining, there's so much stuff happening, but yet I call to mind, listen to what he says, and therefore I have hope. He says, even when no one else believes it, even when this looks like there's no hope, I will call to mind what? Verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. And I want you to hear this as Christmas Day. His mercies, His love is new every morning for you and I. Great is your faithfulness. And I say to myself, The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You see, the birth of Jesus brought you and I a new and glorious morning. This Christmas, I want us to remember that the birth of Jesus brings you and I A new and glorious morning. And one day, there are three things that I want to share with us this Christmas. Three things that we hold on to. That a new day with Christ, number one, brings exactly what you need. And I want you to hear this this Christmas. A new day with Christ brings you exactly what you need. Take note, it doesn't say exactly what you want. Because what you want versus what you need is quite different. But in verse 24, it says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is my portion. What does that even mean? In Scripture, there's various meanings. But scholars say, and I believe that this is accurate, it was when the Israelites were in the desert and God would send manna from heaven for them, that every day he would send for them and he would provide exactly what they needed, their food for the day. And I believe he was even testing because when they tried to store food, so they took extra for that day, you know what happened to that food the next morning? It went rot. There was no ways that you could use it. And I believe it was a message that God was teaching his people to say, I am everything you need. A new day, I am your daily portion. And then in the New Testament, we read the famous, the Lord's Prayer. Give me today my daily bread. Meaning, God, daily, I need you. Every day, I need you. And I want you to hear this message on Christmas, that it gives you exactly what you need. And can I tell you, this is the power of a new day with Jesus, is that he's already in your tomorrow. you saying, I don't know what tomorrow holds. He's already there in your marriage and you're looking at your marriage and you're saying, he's already there in your marriage and he's everything you need for your marriage. You're feeling you're in a space of you're just struggling. You're feeling weak today. God is in your tomorrow, and he says, I will be the one that will lift your head. I will be the one that will give you your strength for tomorrow. You're feeling anxiety and, and depression is just carrying this weight on you. He says, and I am in your tomorrow. I will give you everything that you need. That's what it means about a new and glorious morning with our Christ. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says, it is the Lord who goes before you. He goes into your tomorrow. Hear this truth that he is with you now and he's with you tomorrow. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. The second thing is that a new day with Christ brings us the hope to keep going. Amen. Yeah. And I believe there's a few of us that need to really hear that message today. You need hope. To keep going. Whether it's your business and you're saying, God, we thought 2020 was tough, but 2020, what has even been harder? A new day with Christ gives you the hope to keep going. You see, that's the thrill of hope in the weary world when we look around and we think it's just darkness that surrounds us. But in verse 25 of Lamentations, it says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Someone said this to me, and I thought it was interesting, and I actually read it, and it says, we as people, we can live 40 days without food. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I read that about five times. <laughs> I don't want to taste that one. We can live eight days or so without water. We can live four minutes without oxygen. But you know, we can only live a few minutes without hope. But we've seen that. Being in hospital rooms where people have given up on hope. We've seen it with people who have said, I've, I've given up hope, believing that God can make a breakthrough in my business. And I believe there are many people today that are trying to survive this life, this weary world on a very hope-deprived life because we seem to be placing our hope in other things. Maybe we placed our hope in a business. Maybe we placed our hope in another person and and it hasn't turned out the way we thought a relationship, a marriage. Maybe we put in our hope in the certain outcome that this has to be the breakthrough. And you know what happens? When we place our hope in things that are not of God, it'll lead us to that weariness. It leads us to that place of of feeling disappointed. And that's why I love Hebrews 10 verse 23. And scripture tells us, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let me say this again. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. He who promised is faithful. Please, this Christmas, hold on to hope. Choose hope. Instead of putting your eyes on anxiety or this outcome or that, put your eyes upon Jesus. Hold on to him as your hope. As you go into the new year, allow him to be the hope that you hold on to. And the last one, a new day with Christ means that he meets you exactly where you are. And I think that's such a beautiful beautiful truth that God comes and he meets you exactly where you find yourself in the condition that you find yourself in whether this Christmas day you're experiencing the grief and loss of a loved one that's not here whether it's the feeling of on this day I just I should be so excited and happy but I'm not feeling it he meets you right where you are. The most powerful, powerful thing is that we don't have to try and try and be something. And you say, but Dan, if you knew what my life is like, how could he meet me there? That's the grace of Jesus that comes to meet you where you find yourself today. Verse 25 and 26 says, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This Christmas, I believe some of us need to have the salvation of our souls. That we need to come back to Jesus. That you once had a relationship, and maybe you've even pretended and, and put it out to people that you have this, this relationship, but actually you know very well inside that your heart is cold. Then, in actual fact, there's no relationship with Jesus. But for some of us, we're already in the family of God and it's not that, but we need to be saved from a difficult situation or unbelief that we're carrying, or that it just can't get better. I don't know how I'm ever gonna transition out of this. I don't know how this is gonna be a different situation. I don't know, no. you need to be saved from that. Can I tell you, a new day with Christ can change everything. There was a man named Lazarus. In the New Testament, he was dead for four days. He was so dead that he was smelling bad. That the King James Version, and you must know, the King James Version says this, this man was dead. He says, the King James Version says, he had stinketh. <laughs> this man was stinking. There was no hope. He was good and dead in that grave. But comes Jesus comes to that grave site. He looks at the stones, he looks at the grave, and he says, Lazarus, my friend, get up. Come forth. And Lazarus walks out, and and I'm telling you now, he would walk to us today if he's here, and he would say, a new day with Christ changes everything. The woman who had the issue with blood, 12 years, 12 years, can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine what she was dealing? Can you imagine the embarrassment and the humiliation that she carried Saying, saying, please, God, will you take this away from me? God, please, and is it ever gonna happen? Now one day, she sees Jesus walking and she pushes through the crowd and she just touches the garment of his cloak and she's healed. I'm telling you, she would look at us today and say, just one day, with Jesus, changes everything. This Christmas, I believe some of us need that one day again. That we need that one day, because on that new and glorious morning, Christ gave us exactly what we need. Christ came and He says, I will give you the hope to keep going. And on that new day, Christ said, I meet you right where you are at. And you might be in the night. You might be in the the night of the scene where there's chaos going on. You might be there in that weariness right now of your life. You might be there and, and Mary's screaming and the baby's screaming and the cows are lowing and all of that. You might be there in that night right now. But can I tell you, there is a new morning. When that sun came up on that new day, our Messiah was here. And there's a new day that awaits for you and I that we could choose. So let's pray together. And I want to ask us this question. All eyes are closed. I want us to take a moment on this Christmas service. Do you need a new day with Christ? Do you need a new day with Christ? Amen. And you've come into service and maybe you've just come because this is what you do. Christmas time, you come. There's no mistake that you yearn. The greatest miracle when Jesus came was so that you and I could have that new and glorious morning. And I believe he wants to meet you right where you are. And if you're in the weariness of your life right now, I want you just to tell Jesus, "Hey, this is what I'm feeling. You know, he already knows, but he longs to hear from you. Whether it's financial, whether it's a fear of what the new year holds, just tell him what it is because he wants to meet you right now. And like I said, for some of us, we need the salvation of our souls that you've known, maybe you've known Christ, you've served, you've been a part of this, or you've been there and you've loved God, but life has just taken its course. Maybe you've never made a decision and you've sort of been dragged to a Christmas service today. Christ wants to meet you in that place where you find yourself. And in this very private moment, all eyes are closed. I believe, I truly believe that God is speaking right now to hearts. You can feel it. Online, in person, you can feel his presence. And you know what's happening? He's saying on this Christmas day, will you come home to me? You see, I came to this earth so that you may have life. I came for you. And so I'll knock, but you're the one that needs to open. You're the one that needs to make the decision. And so in this moment, that's you on this Christmas day. You're saying, you know what? I need to come to Jesus. With all eyes closed, I want you just to lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else, but just lift your hand and say, Dan, will you pray for me today in this Christmas service? I need you to come back home. Amen, and you can put your hand down. Amen, you can put your hand down. And you can feel it. You can feel God's presence moving there. And I encourage you to take that, that step of faith to say, I, I'm, I'm actually making a signal to say, will you pray for me? because I need to come to Jesus today. On this Christmas service, one more time, if you're saying, Dan, will you pray for me? Just lift your hand up. Amen. Now, I want you to say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, today, I acknowledge on this Christmas service, I acknowledge you, and I acknowledge that my life hasn't been the way it should be. I've been living differently, but on this Christmas service, i ask that you forgive me, And today I choose to follow you. Today I give my life to you and I acknowledge that I'm putting you first in my life. Where other things have been first today on this Christmas service, I'm saying, God, I'm putting you first in my life. And just say these words, I give my life to you. I choose you. I need you. So Father, for each person that prayed that prayer, for those who lift their hands, those who didn't, I pray right now that this decision that they made, that you would meet them right where they're at. God, that they would feel your presence that surrounds them and that it wouldn't just be an emotional response here, but actually it would be a difference saying, you know what, I'm gonna change and put God first. I'm gonna make different decisions. I'm gonna follow him from this day forward. So I pray your blessing and favor upon them, upon each one of us on this Christmas day and all God's people say together, Amen. amen, amen. God bless.